Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. I'm Douglas L., your host. You can now contact me directly via text, 919-675-1058. That's 919-675-1058. Or join our Facebook group at the Anon Podcast. That's T-H-E-A-N-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T to fellowship with other guests. This podcast aims to be a commentary and discussion of Narcotics Anonymous literature, aiming to enrich the recovery experience of those who are on this beautiful journey. This podcast should not replace contact with your sponsor, your involvement with Stepwork, or participation in the fellowship. Please use this podcast as another resource toward our collective growth as addicts in recovery. We're simply addicts seeking recovery. Nothing more, and for sure, nothing less. Now let's get started. My name is Brandon P. My clean date is January 27th, 2022. My home group is the Keep It Simple group of Narcotics Anonymous in Bradenton, Florida. February 15th, compassion rather than judgment. When we see someone acting out on a defect that we have acted on ourselves, we feel compassionate rather than judgmental, for we know just exactly how much pain such behavior causes. It works, step six. We rarely forget the pain of using drugs and the havoc it caused. However, our memories can be a lot shorter about the pain and havoc we caused ourselves and others by acting out in other ways. Being overly controlling in meetings and overly sensitive at work. Perfectionism. Keeping secrets, getting in fights, that trifecta of lying, cheating, stealing. Defensiveness. Witnessing such conduct in our fellow recovering addicts and the pain it causes often makes us bonkers. But who are we really judging? You spot it, you got it. A fellow Riley points out, oh right, it's us. Remembering the simple statement about how judging another is frequently rooted in discomfort with our own behavior, hopefully will curb our negativity and instead awaken our compassion. Being able to find compassion for others who are acting out on their defects, especially when we have those same flaws, demonstrates some considerable growth. This is the intersection between humility and compassion. We know firsthand that such behavior is a result of pain, not just the cause of it. As we develop spiritually, we begin with forgiveness for ourselves as well as for others, which gives way to empathy. We can then be more loving and accepting. We can be helpful, whether it's observing an addict on the street, doing what addicts do to get another, a member relapsing over and over, or an experienced member stomping out of a business meeting, we can draw on our own experience and find compassion. Our journey of self-discovery deepens when we realize the reciprocity between having compassion for ourselves and receiving the compassion of others and then giving it away. Next time I'm disturbed by another member's actions, I'll look inward. I will choose to show compassion for the still-suffering addict because I was there once too and will be again. Thank you for allowing me to read. All right, folks, welcome back, everyone. February 15th, compassion rather than judgment, and we're here with Jessica B. Jessica, what do you think? Compassion rather than judgment. All right. This one, what, like the, the biggest thing that came to mind with this was just like, um, when I got here, always looking for like the little flaw in somebody so that I could prove to myself that something about them wasn't trustworthy. And I think it's because I was such a liar when I got here that like, was you? <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> that well, so I that, so... assumed everybody was doing it too, you know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so I was just always trying to bust them on it. It <laughs> <laughs> was glaring too, man. Like I, well, one of the, one of the defects of mine that has been um, 
maybe not so much recently, but like it just rears its ugly head so much as this grandiosity piece. Yeah. You know, and 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 just what's funny about that is like on the inside, I don't want anyone to look at me. I don't want to be heard. I don't want to be fucking seen. I I'm I'm really afraid that like one of my biggest fears is like being in public and somebody saying, you don't belong here. I don't want, you know, get away from, you know, that whole thing Mm -hmm. or whatever. But then I'll I'll find myself in seasons to where it's like, man, I want to be on that committee because they do the readings at the convention. No. And I have that, I have that piece, man, you know, that, that comes up. And when I see that in other people, bro, it fucking irks me, man. Fucking (laughs) irk. You know, the people who, and look, if, and I say this very lighthearted, right? Yeah. Very, very lighthearted. Like it's all love. If you're listening to this and I'm about to describe you, it's still all love. You know, you know the folk who 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 they'll make sure that they get a reading and then they they'll read it, not looking at the reading, like they're, yeah. they're looking around the room while they're reading. Yeah. You know, they're like yes, they you know exactly. It's like it's like, bro, we know you fuck you memorized the reading. All right, good <laughs> shit, man. You know, and it's real cringy when they fuck up a little bit too. It's like real, real cringy, you know. So, so anyhow, you got anything yeah. like that that kind of irks you when you see people? Yeah, I mean, I guess now that you're saying that, I think the things that probably I don't like it, um, like when we do certain things and somebody we're with is like, "This is how it's going to go down. We're going to do this, this," and and they start taking control of things. And I probably, in all reality, it's because I I want to be in control of shit. Like, oh, you're not going to tell me. I'll figure out how it's done. You know what I mean? So that's probably like we, we go to a beach meeting every Sunday when I'm off work, I go to it, but we always play volleyball afterwards and it's like fellowshipping. It's all NA after the meeting. And, um, anytime somebody's like, okay, now you stand there and they start directing everybody around. I start getting so mad about it. Damn. Okay. <laughs> I start getting so frustrated about it. I don't like it when I feel like other people are trying to control something or if like I'm chairing a meeting and I've had people be like, like when I'm they're like somebody sharing and somebody looks at me and they're like, they need to wrap it up. And I'm like, no, you're not in control of this thing. You're not going to tell me they need to wrap it up. And I get real mad about that. You give them the figure or something yeah. real, real low key. Like, fuck yourself. I'm but sharing. you know what I was thinking about when we were just talking about it? Like the truth is, um, one of the things I really love about Narcotics Anonymous is like the unity about it. Mm. So I, I think that helps balance that, the, the desire that I have to control shit all the time out when we're in the rooms and it's helped it like balance it out in me in general is just like really appreciating that there is diversity in the rooms and it's what makes mm. it so great. So mm. I'm, that's I'm what my sponsor talks about. Yeah. I'm like reminded of that enough to know that like, whatever I'm thinking, whatever I think I know can't be in control of everything, you know, or this wouldn't work. None of it. Like it just can be a piece of it. I'm allowed to have an opinion, but I don't have to be the opinion and it's really better off if I'm not. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I can have an opinion. I don't need to be the, yeah, that's good stuff, man. My, so, so Paul, my sponsor, he talks about, he, he describes it as how like, all our diversity and our individual pieces are like different threads. So they're yeah. different lengths, different color size, you know, all that yeah. stuff, but together makes that beautiful, ta- you know, tapestry. Yeah. It's fucking cool, man, to think about it like that. And and it has this big enough tent to fit all of us under it, which is another mm-hmm. cool thing. So I know I was joking around about the, the dude, you the ladies too, you know, who, <laughs> who can like memorize this shit, you know, I say that real lighthearted, but you know, a real heavy hearted one, that that hits me is like 
you know, on pages 80 and 81, it, basic text really like lays out a lot of our, you know, substitutes of an HP for yeah. us, you know, like food, sex, and money. Yeah. And when I hear people talking about their struggles with that, man, it's just so, because it, it brings me to my struggles with food, sex, yeah. and money, you know what I'm saying? And so yeah. I've been able to see this really come to life in, 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 in my recovery when I hit them with some compassion other than mm -hmm. saying, man, we shut the fuck up, you know, for yeah. eight years, man. I, every time I check in with you for the last eight years, it's always the same shit. Yeah. But I get it though, man. You know, I get it. I think that it's nice because, you know, I have a girlfriend says all the time, like, thank goodness we aren't all sick on the same day, you know, <laughs> because like this program does teach me to be, I am way more tolerant and like compassionate than I was, than I have ever been in my life before I came to Narcotics Anonymous. But, you know, on any given day, I can be having a rough day too. So I'm grateful that I have other people that can look at me when I'm being a little intolerant and kind of like, give me a nudge, like hmm. tighten up a little bit. And all hmm. I really have to do is just shut the fuck up. I don't even need to find peace, love, happiness, and butterflies flying around. I just need to not say anything. I need to not hmm. cause harm in that moment. And usually I come around to understanding like, people are where they're at, you know, and I'm sure people looked at me at plenty of places and points in my life. And they were like, what the fuck is she doing? Like, if she just would That's do it good. this way, it would be easier, but I needed what, you know, I needed to go through what I needed to go through. Like I, all the consequences that got me to the rooms of narcotics anonymous, I'm sure people were looking at me like her life is a fucking disaster. Why doesn't she just stop or do this or do that? Yeah. But I needed I every one of those things to get where I'm at today. So, you know, I do need to remember to be more tolerant of people because I don't know what they need. And I'm, I'm not the decider of that ultimately. And mm -hmm. thank goodness. Cause everything I tried to decide for my life made a mess. of it. So yeah, imagine if I wasn't I was too good at decisions either, you know, and, it, and here's the thing, what you bring up, you know, what really hit like my, my spirit really responded to was how many people in my, so first in my tribe, yeah. You know, you know, our close people, like how many yeah. people am I trying? And then like in the broader NA community and then just people that I'm rubbing elbows with every now and again have to really exercise this principle yeah. to me. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. maybe a defect or two <laughs> yeah. of mine is, it, you know, it's yeah. just glaring and they're like, well, fuck it's Doug. We're going to love him anyway, but Jesus. You know? <laughs> yeah. So. I think about that throughout my whole recovery. Like I got really lucky. So I got clean with a couple of women in treatment and one of them actually, like it was about an hour North from where I live now, but one of them, we got really close. And when I got out, I came back to my hometown that I live in and moved back into my house and she didn't really have a safe place to go. So she ended up moving here. She never lived here before. And we lived together for the first three years of our recovery. Damn. We are still clean together. Like I'm really fortunate, but man, I think about what I put her through. She's kind and sweet and like, just like has a heart, almost like childlike. Loving. I take it. You uh, wasn't the way that you're setting up this story. I take it that you, <laughs> no, <laughs> that you I wasn't. And like, when we were talking about not trusting people, like, man, I was always trying to find where that was a lie about her, you know, like if she, misspoke in some little way I was like see I knew this was all bullshit like I knew she really wasn't that sweet I knew she didn't really care about me that much and like maybe I you know I don't know maybe some days it was that obvious the way I was acting and some days I just would see it and really wouldn't talk to her for a couple of days because I just was like in some distrusting place because yeah. that's how my disease like manifests but like 
man, she stuck around and she loved me that entire time and never made me feel like, you know, and I probably made her feel bad sometimes. And she never turned that around in me. She never looks at me today and says, you were an asshole. She just yeah. let me be where I was at and let me walk through the process of it well, all. That's a good and, person to have in your life. Man. Yeah. And loved me yeah. anyway. And I'm so glad for people that were willing to do that. You know, there were times my sponsor would show up to step work and I'd be like, uh, you're late. You were supposed to be here 10 minutes ago. Like, man, I was irritable when I for a while. And man, she would smile and be like, okay, so would you like to start? And she just was so sweet mm. to me, even though I probably didn't deserve that, you know. Mm. And you know, I'm sure that's just two examples of so many I didn't even realize I was involved in, you know. Well, if you haven't had that happen to you, you know that's how like the HP is going to hit you with it. You're yeah. going to have a couple of sponsees in your life that are going to pull your card on a couple of yeah. things and you're going to have to hit them with. Okay. All right. I, I have had to do it a couple of times. And like, I do, you know, the best thing I can give myself in those situations anymore is just telling myself not to say anything because what this program has taught me is that I will come around to the loving thing now. Like I know that my first thought may not be that loving thing, but all I have to do is not say anything. All I have to do is not cause damage in that moment. And I usually come around to the most loving thought eventually, you know? So like there have been times where my sponsors has told me something they did that I was like, oh my God. And it's out of concern that I have, like, why would you do this? This is sure. crazy. But, you know, I think of all the mistakes I made and I survived them, you know, because I was working a program and that's what they're doing. So I just got to let them walk through the process because some of the process is just having having some consequences and mm -hmm. not liking that. And so maybe not doing it next time, but if I protect them from all the consequences, then they're not going to be able to figure it out for themselves. So I just have to be here, love them. And if they ask for it, I can give advice but, or, you know, I can give them experience, strength and hope. But outside of that, it's not, I don't, I don't have to sit around and tell people how they have to live their life anymore. Like my role is Dude, I always think, look, I try to do that with my two sons. Yeah. It, it ain't worth fuck all. In that way, and I, I kind of have, you kids, know, they come around though. You know what I mean? I bet it's worth more than you can appreciate in this moment, but someday you're going to see me, all this foundation you laid down when, when they get older and they're not so hormonal. Fuck, when does that happen? Listen, someone told me they stop being humans at like 13 and they start, <laughs> they come back to being humans at like 21. And I'm like, God damn. Oh, that's a long time. My that's nephew long... just turned 13. And I will tell you, there are times where I don't even recognize him anymore. And I'm like, how long does this last for? Like, I just want this kid back. He was so sweet and cuddly yeah. and loving. And now like, he's just so moody all the time. And I never know which version I'm going to get. Right. Amen. That's my, that, that's my <laughs> life every day. But you know, one thing that's consistent though, with me and my boy's life is uh, that I'm a, I'm an Uber driver and I'm an ATM machine. Yeah. You heard? That's, <laughs> that's the rule. They're but lucky. You, I, my, I grew up with a mother who was an active addiction and mm. my sister and I joke all the time. Like we weren't getting rides anywhere. Whenever my, she's driving those kids mm. somewhere, she's like, they have no idea how good they have it she'll drive 45 minutes, drop them off at a mall and drive another 45 minutes to pick them back up. And I'm like, who, who is this? Your my sister. sister. Yeah. She's a good mom. That's she awesome, man. I love that. Yeah. You know, in, in, in my action item today for the rest of today is because sure shit, man, my, my, I hear my son milling around in the other room. Dad, can you take me and my buddy to the gym? Yeah, I know sure as shit it's going to happen, dude, here in a couple minutes as soon as I'm done. <laughs> and I, I'm going to look at it like, man, I get to do that today. Yeah. That's good shit, man. Yeah, that is.
Thank you all again for spending your time with us today on the Anonymous Podcast. I encourage you all to focus on that magic six-letter word, others, as we go out into the world. Stop by the Facebook page, fellowship with other guests, or send me a text. Let me know if you'd like to be a guest or if you have any ideas on future podcasts. Until next time, I'm your host, Douglas L. Namaste, and God bless. Mm -hmm.